Hello, this is Ryan Fritz with Science of Cardio, delivering the latest and greatest and the pros and cons of exercise science. Well, hello and welcome back to the Overcoming Mediocrity podcast. And today I have the pleasure of introducing my next guest, Amy Fritz. Amy was actually, or I should say is actually, one of the featured authors in our Overcoming Mediocrity Unstoppable Woman book. And if you have not picked up a copy, uh, head over to our website and go to the buy button and you can actually find a link directly to Amy. So you can reach out to her and get an autographed copy. Uh, and I was actually introduced to her about a year ago, and she is an incredible woman that has a really very inspiring story and a few things about her story, which you'll hear about shortly in the interview, um, really uh, kind of connected with me. And I just see how laughter and dedication in her story uh, made a huge difference. And I look at that a lot when I'm uh, dealing with something. I'm like, all right, how can I laugh? How can I bring that positive energy into my world to uh, just help me become better? And thank goodness I didn't have to deal with the things that she did. Um, but you'll see how that really shaped her life. So let me tell you a little bit about Amy. So Amy Fritz is a joyous and faithful wife, sister, daughter, aunt, niece, coworker, friend, and a 20-year breast cancer survivor. She knows firsthand how much cancer can affect the lives of those diagnosed, as well as everyone around them. For Amy, cancer looked like an end. However, it was instead the beginning of who she became. Since her battle, she's earned a Bachelor's of Science degree from the University of Washington. Then she went on to earn two master's degrees from Penn State University and North Carolina State University. And then after college, she began her career with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration as the National Cooperative Observer Program Manager. Wow, what a mouthful. Uh, but today, Amy and her husband, Ryan, started the Science of Cardio. They're helping to improve the lives of those around them by promoting healthy lifestyles through exercise and nutrition. As the CFO and Marketing Director of Science of Cardio, Amy enjoys inspiring and motivating others by leading by example through her and her husband's many adventures. They enjoy cycling, skiing, hiking, kayaking, running, swimming, traveling, and exploring new places, and most importantly, in bringing hope to others. Amy and Ryan have an infectious joy about them. They are in a mission to spread joy wherever they go, and you will all be able to see that firsthand when we are able to get to Amy's interview. So hang tight. We'll be back in just a moment and you'll be able to meet Amy and see how joy and laughter changed her life. Well, welcome everybody to today's episode of the Overcoming Mediocrity podcast. And I have a previous author with us today, Amy Fritz. And one of the things if you had not listened to, I think it was, it's going to be episode number six or seven. I think it's episode six. Uh, our guest Mona 
talked about laughter. She is a worldwide comedian and you know, laughter is, she's really studied laughter. And I mentioned Amy in that episode because reading Amy's story and how she used laughter to be able to overcome something tragic is just amazing. So I am not gonna go into Amy's story. I'm gonna let Amy do that herself. So Amy, can you please share with our audience what is the story? What was the journey that you went on to get you to be the expert you are now? Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be able to be on your podcast today, Christy. I'm honored to be here. So for all of those in the audience, I am a 20-year breast cancer survivor. And I didn't just get diagnosed once, but I had two, two separate diagnoses. So I was really hit hard with cancer when I was in my early 20s. And that's a real difficult time for people in their lives. You're, you're becoming an adult, you're finding your footing, you're trying to either finish up education as I was or getting started with a career. And so to suddenly have your life come to a complete halt and have to fight cancer puts a real challenge. And not everyone has the opportunity and privilege to be able to survive from that. Now, some people do live past cancer, but it hits them hard and it really changes their life. So knowing this, I really wanted to make sure that now that I'm a survivor, that I really had the opportunity to build a life I love and not to be stuck in survivor mentality and feeling sorry for myself, asking myself, why did this happen to me? It's real easy to do that. But I wanted to make sure that I went from a survivor to a thriver, really loving life and living it to its fullest. So my story in the book is about my journey with cancer, some of the details that I went through while I was fighting cancer and the surgeries that followed, and then what I did with my life afterwards. So for me, I was an undergraduate at the University of Washington, finishing up my bachelor's of science in atmospheric sciences. So yes, I'm a little bit of a book nerd <laughs> and I love math. If anyone wants to know math and science, I love them both. So go young ladies in the STEM programs because that's where I started my career. So. With that, once I was free and clear of cancer, I went on to graduate school at both Penn State University, where I earned a master's of science in meteorology. And then I went on to NC State University, where I received a master of science in physical oceanography. You may be asking, well, why'd you do that? Because when I was fighting cancer, one of the things that my doctor encouraged me was to set big goals, things that would excite you, things that would motivate you, things that you would fight for your life to achieve. And for me, really getting the opportunity to go to graduate school was worth it. It was worth the fight. And to be able to have a career that I loved, that allowed me to save lives and protect property, which is the mission of the National Weather Service where I work now, is just a huge honor. So for me, when I was fighting cancer, it was putting that goal out in front of me. In fact, while I was fighting, I was filling out applications for graduate school. I took the GRE, the graduate required exam. Yes, even during chemo, I was just doing everything I could to keep my life moving forward because it's so important not to get stuck in your battle. And it's very easy to do. It's overwhelming. The, the number of doctor's appointments and scheduling and coordinating all that can really take over all the mental and emotional energy you have. So you have to find a way to squeeze in a little bit of your life to be able to look down the road, look at the future. What do you want to do? So for me, that was one of the big things. And that's why I chose to go to graduate school was so that I could put something out in my future that would be the next step once I was done with doctor's appointments and the follow-ups and the x-rays and the surgeries. I had something else in my future. So that's a little bit about my story. 
Now you're probably wondering where does laughter come into this since Christy brought that yeah, up. Yeah, I was gonna Yes, why is laughter so say. important? Right. <laughs> so where laughter comes in is it's uh, it's been shown that as we laugh, we release positive endorphins throughout our body. This can actually help your immune system. So if you're feeling run down, I recommend put on a comedy, watch a funny movie or listen to one of your favorite radio stations that has the comedians coming on something that gives you a good hearty belly roll laugh trust me you'll feel much better afterward it's a great way to release stress it's a great way to kind of bring your mind back to being centered and focused laughter is wonderful it has so many incredible benefits i can't even begin to to explain but it's also a good exercise which is another piece of my life so so let's back up a little bit because I think you kind of whizzed by that part of your story. And at least for me, it made a huge impact when I read the, the story that you had in our Overcoming Mediocrity, Unstoppable Women book. Uh, but you were faced, at least at one point, with a very, very grim diagnosis. And you were very, very physically drained and just weak. And you made a decision to go somewhere. Yes. Where did so, you go? <laughs> so my doctors, as I was taking rounds of chemotherapy, there came a time when my body wasn't bouncing back. My white blood cell count, for those who are in the know, just wasn't recovering. I was like borderline hospitalization for weeks. I mean, I was like every night, I wasn't sure if I was going to sleep in my own bed or have to go to the hospital. And at one point in time, my doctors just, they looked at me, they held my hand, they shook their head and said, uh, you really need to get your affairs in order. And I don't know if anyone's ever been faced with that, but it is very heartbreaking. It's very difficult to listen to a doctor not really know how much time you have left. And so when I was faced with that, I kind of wanted to see, you know, if I could make one last memory in my life, if I could have one last really exciting thing to do, what would that be? And it, you could equivalent it to kind of for children, a make-a-wish. I wasn't within the age group of the category for the program, but I, this was my make a wish. And I asked my doctors if I could go to Disneyland. I lived in Washington state at the time and Disneyland is just a short flight down on uh, Southwest airlines. I think it was. And I asked my doctors, I said, you know, I know this is a real huge ask because we're worried about my immune system. Yeah, if I, absolutely. if I pick up anything, it could be the end of me. But I told him, I said, you know, I don't know how much time I have left. I don't know if I'll be able to have any more chemo or where we are, but I really would like to go to Disneyland. It's notoriously called the happiest place on earth. And for a reason, you can't step through the gates and not be smiling and feeling joy and just overwhelmed with happiness everywhere. The, the music, the smells, the characters, the rides, the entertainment, people walking up and down the street, all their employees, everyone's happy. It's really hard to not be happy at Disneyland. So that's where I chose to go. Yes, and you were very weak to get there, but you said every day you got stronger and stronger. stronger, and, stronger. and it's just that, that positive laughter energy uh, was transformational for you. It was, and physically you could see the difference. My first day in the park, the employees offered me a wheelchair. We tied a balloon to it so we could identify which was my wheelchair. We did everything, you know, to sanitize it, wiping it down. I mean, very much like the times we live in. And then they kind of escorted me through the park and allowed me to go to the front of the lines through the back doors. I got to see, you know, if you have kids in wheelchairs and things, kind of what that looks like from their perspective. 
and so it was great that they were so helpful. I, I, I think I went on maybe three rides and I was done for the day, but it was great. They were just absolutely wonderful. And then the next day I woke up the next morning and I had uh, about a quarter of an inch of hair on top of my head. Wow. I went from, you know, completely shiny bald to a quarter of an inch of hair. And when that happens, you almost don't recognize yourself. On top of that, I went from looking very pale, almost greenish with dark sunken eyes to very normal coloring. In fact, you could tell that I'd gotten a little bit of a tan from the day before being out in the sun. And just to physically see those differences when I looked at myself in the mirror was huge. Yeah. Suddenly I no longer looked like a cancer patient, but I looked like a normal person. Mm -hmm. So when we went back to the park, they asked if I needed a wheelchair and I was like, oh, I'll take it with me, but I think I'll be okay. So I, I pushed my wheelchair around, but it was more or less just, you know, in case but I really was able to enjoy the park. By my last day, I had hair, I had gained weight, I was tan, my freckles had come out, you wouldn't believe. And on top of that, I could really feel my energy had come back, my appetite had returned. It was just a huge transformation. I wish I had pictures of the before and the after because within a span of about five days, I completely physically transformed. And it did something really powerful to the inside of me too. I went from feeling hopeless and doomed like this was it. I didn't know where anything else was going to go to all of a sudden I could see that I had more life to live, that I, I had opportunities that I could create for my future, that um, it was really, I was going to make it. I really felt in my heart that I could see that I was going to beat cancer. And that was the biggest part for me for that trip to Disneyland was to get that hope back. Wow. Gosh, that is, that's just, uh, that's a story that I still, it like just, really connected with me and I think of that a lot and I know for me I have to um, have times where I go to Florida for business or conferences or whatever and I don't actually go to Disney World but I go to the Disney Village and I always make sure I go a day earlier or stay later and whatever I do I make sure I get to the Disney Village just to walk around and I don't even necessarily buy anything but just walking around uh, the people and the little shops and it's just like I feel so alive and happy and like a little kid again and you know the world is my oyster when I walked through those doors <laughs> through that area so I can totally uh, really see how something like that would make a huge difference not to the, the degree that it did with you but you were living proof that it did so that is just incredible yeah. thank you yeah yeah so, I I can't say Disneyland is medicine, <laughs> but I can say from my own personal experience, being in that happy, overwhelmingly wonderful environment did me a lot of good. Yes, absolutely. Well, you're here 20 something years later. And <laughs> if you don't mind, Amy, if you can hold on a moment, we're gonna go to a quick commercial and then we'll go back because I know you've got more to share and I can't wait to uh, continue with this conversation. Well, welcome back. I am here once again with Amy Fritz and she is going to share some more. We're going to have more of a conversation about her journey and more importantly, the strategies that she uses now with her clients to help them accomplish their wildest dreams. So Amy, can, are you uh, willing to share some of your secrets with us? Oh, I think I could let you in on a couple secrets. <laughs> So since my journey with cancer, my husband, Ryan Fritz, and I started a business called Science of Cardio. And together, he and I help other people reach their goals. His focus is the fitness and the nutrition side of it, but I help with things like the motivation, the inspiration, and together he and I 
we have quite the following of people who really look to us as role models for living a life that you love. So some of the secrets, if you will, that I will share is one, the laughter we talked about previously, but then also really, really important is to fill your life with love. Love the people around you, love the things you do, love yourself. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, we're always so critical of those half a percent things that we see in the mirror. You know, maybe the crow's feet around your eyes or the shape your body is or the type of hair you have or not. But, you know, it's really important for us to take off the critical lens and look at ourselves for who we are. I call this my earth suit. And when my earth suit has problems, I, I think of it like you fix a car. You know, I think of it as, you know, okay, my earth suit needs repairs. I don't take it in as me personally has a flaw. And I think it's really important to separate that from who you see yourself. Because who I am is not my body. I am my character. I am my personality. I'm my spiritual person, but I'm not my body. And so being in love with yourself can start sometimes for a lot of people by separating those two things. Love who you are. Love who you are to others. Love who you are in this world. Love the things that you do to contribute to other people's lives. Love who you are as a role model for others, whether it's a grandparent, a parent, a niece, an aunt, a coworker, a leader. Love all of that. It is so important to fill your life with love and make sure that you have others you love and who love you in return. That is a real important piece in having a fulfilling and wonderful life. So the other piece is make plans. I think part of loving your life is having something to look forward to down the road, especially right now with what's going on in our world. It really helps to know that you have something you're looking forward to, whether it's a walk in the park this Saturday or getting together with friends virtually over the computer or, you know, when this is all over, actually getting together with people. Maybe it's just making a date night with you and a loved one, having a candlelit dinner at home with something that you cook that's your favorite. You know, when we can make travel plans, you know, even if it's, hey, I'm going to take this trip in 2025, put it out there, put it on your horizon, you know, figure out what really excites you. You will know you found it when you can't stop talking about it, when you're filled with joy about it, when thinking about it just lifts your spirits, when it can get you out of the grooms. So that's what, that's my uh, three little secrets is to laugh, to love, and to make plans. Yeah, and so you made plans to get your degree. So that was your motivation. That's what kind of fired you up. And it doesn't have to be something like that. It could be a vacation. It could be anything. But you found what worked for you. Yes, and it's important to find what works for everyone. We all are very different. We're like snowflakes or fingerprints. Each one of us is very unique. And so we're all going to make plans that fit for us, the things that excite us. For, uh, for some, it may be acquiring a new skill, maybe learning a new language or <laughs> getting through a book series. Whatever it is, whatever motivates you, that's what you want to focus on and make plans accordingly. Great. Okay, let's go back to love because that is um, an important piece for, I believe, that's, that's an important high value for me is relationships and love. And you ended up by being on a journey that brought you to your love and your business partner. So yes. How did, how did that come together when you and Ryan connected in the middle of, you know, your mess and now that <laughs> that union has become part of your message in the world and he aligns perfectly with like you guys align perfectly together. So can you go into that a little bit cuz I think it's just fascinating how that came together and it honestly gives me hope for <laughs> my future love. 
So back to making plans. I had a cousin who's not the most athletically inclined, but she knew that I ran. I like to run a lot of charity runs. And she came to me and said, Amy, I'd really like to run a marathon, but I'm, I can't do it alone. I need your help. And if we train together, then I know I'll be able to do it. And so she and I, she, she's out in Idaho and the marathon was the Mesa Falls marathon, which is up in the mountains. It's at elevation. It's single track. It's, you go through a huge range of temperature. It started off near freezing and we ended up about 80, 90 degrees. So there's a lot of training involved for it. And so while I was in the middle of training here in uh, Maryland, I was on a trail and sitting on a bench where I was going to take a break and wait for a roommate. To, uh, my bench was occupied by this handsome man. And when I ran by, he had a big old smile. I had to finish my run and then track back to the bench. And uh, when I ran by, he was noteworthy. Yeah, he caught my eye and he had a big old smile on his face. So I know it caught, I caught his eye too. And so when I walked back, he was still there. And so I asked uh, if I could sit down and rest on the bench because I just come from a long, hot run. And he happily scooted over and made room for me. And we started talking. And the next thing I know is I know people with stranger issues are going to be shocked to say that I invited him home for dinner. And my roommate, he and I, we had uh, steaks off the grill. And it was a life-changing moment. I, I knew when I saw him on the bench that I was at a crossroads in my life. Either I was going to make a new relationship or I was going to move on and lose that opportunity. And I'm so glad I took that opportunity and sat down. So he and I fell in love during the course of my training for the marathon. Uh, we officially started dating after the marathon. And about uh, two years later, we got married in Hawaii. <laughs> I know, go big or go home. That's his phrase. Yeah. And when I was dating him, he was a personal trainer at a gym, working crazy hours. Just he was there from dawn to dusk. He worked even Saturdays and Sundays. We very got we got very little time together. And I said, you know, I really think what we need to do is start our own business. You know, between the two of us, you've got all the experience with physical training and education and education on fitness. He has his bachelor's of bachelor's of science degree from Frostburg in exercise science so yes we're both scientists it's yeah. great <laughs> and we 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 joined our forces and he's we together started science of cardio he works with the clients in the dc area and remotely all over and he works on their physical fitness and training goals so that they can do things like hey at 80 finish 18 holes of golf or if you're, you know, not too satisfied with the way your body's turned out after, you know, 50 years on earth, maybe losing a few pounds or tightening up your core muscles or, you know, he works with a broad spectrum of people. He has students that he works with that they can uh, make their team if that's what their goal is. So he really works with a lot of people. He focuses on low impact, saving your joints. He's always thinking about the long run. How can we make sure that whatever you're doing is sustainable? And so that... It works great because I was very concerned about, you know, the sustainability of my health after cancer, you know, chemo and radiation and surgeries plays an impact. And so I was asking him, what's the best for me for sustainability? Should I continue running long miles or should I incorporate other things? And so he and I together have made a great team and Science of Cardio has been in business now for, I think, nine years. Gosh, it goes by fast. And so he's got quite the clientele and following. We put together uh, podcasts and blogs. So we have uh, a lot of that going on together. I am the, the chief marketing and research side of it and the CFO manage the budget and he's the CEO and manages all of the day-to-day -day activities. So it's a great partnership. And yes, I'm married to my favorite business partner. Yes. The Amy and Ryan team. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
So with Science of Cardio, I know you guys put your heads together and you came up with something that you'd love to share with our audience. What? what is that? Yes. So especially in this day and age where so many people are turning their basements or other rooms into home gyms, we would like to offer the listeners uh, a free consult, first consultation and remote fitness coaching program. So if you're going down into your gym and you're staring at your weights and you're not really sure what's the best exercises for how to get your body into shape or um, <laughs> maybe lose those pounds that you've gained because we're all at home, uh, we are happy to offer you a fitness coaching program. Wow, that's great. I think I, I think I may pick you up on that because I definitely didn't get the COVID-20, but I've got enough <laughs> here going on. Oh, that is so wonderful, Amy. So I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join me today on this episode. I think it was a wonderful time together and uh, so much great information. I just hope if not anything else that uh, the listeners really get out how important laughter is and um, how it can be therapeutic and bring us joy and just honestly change our energy. And the more we're happy, the more people around us are happy. So let's go ahead and spread that happiness. Yes, the easiest thing to give away is your smile. And I encourage everyone to do that. It will brighten your day and theirs. Oh, well, thank you for uh, sharing your smile with us today, Amy. And for all of you listeners out there, uh, make sure you connect with Amy and Ryan. All of their contact information along with the link for their free gift is in the show notes below.